Good evening, Manhattanock region, and welcome back to our fancy exclusive space lounge. This, of course, is GoMo tonight. The only Manadnock region locally focused comedy podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Chris DiLoretto, and I'm here with my fabulous co-hosts. Zoe Roten-Heinzman. And Sam Abbott. Now, um, something that's come up in the past is, um, you know, we used to, when we first launched this um, program, we would often begin many of the episodes by saying, who did Chris piss off this week? And once in a while, the answer to that question was Mark Zuckerberg and his army of proxies, right? Robot and human. And it's been a while. I haven't done anything wrong for a little bit. Not that long, but a little bit. And I got in trouble again this week. And I'll tell you guys the story and you can tell me afterwards if you think that I was in the right, but like, I think I was in the right. So you're not allowed on Facebook. You're not allowed to like make fun of or like make comments about any um, like ethnicity or um, nationality or or anything like that. Um, And which is, mostly fair. Okay. It's like, uh, you know, perhaps that's a good rule of thumb. I'm not, I'm not saying we should, we should all be able to, you know, go out and make racist comments and whatnot, but I, so my comment was, it was on an article by, it was a comment made on an, on an article publicly posted by the esteemed British publication, the guardian. And many of you are aware that that last week up until like basically today, and, and this will be a good time for me to note that we're recording this on the 6th of June. We're a little bit late. We skipped last Thursday. I was uh, really wanting to watch the Celtics. And so we're doing this on Monday, but we're going to release this this week. This will hopefully come out on Thursday, maybe Friday. So anyways, up until like yesterday, they were doing the Queen's Jubilee, big anniversary, the Queen, Queen Elizabeth II. This is the anniversary of her becoming queen. Yeah, and I guess this okay. I guess there's like a little bit of a gray area too because actually the anniversary of her coronation was 69 years ago on June 3rd. However, she became queen about a year before her coronation her official coronation because the other um I think it was her brother abdicated. I think that's how she became queen. Oh. Um I don't think it was a death, it was an abdication. He abdicated to marry like an American divorcee and renounce the throne. Um Didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Harry's not the first here. This is this has gone on before. He wanted to marry a commoner, maybe a very good love story. I don't know if it turned out well. I'm not going to hazard a guess on that. But in any case, uh, so 70 years, big party, big parades, all kinds of weird pageantry and stuff. And I have two minds about it. All right. I'm not trying to be like a total sourpuss. All right. I don't really like the British monarchy. I don't really love British culture in general. But sometimes in my life, after my time embedded in leftism, sometimes I'm just like, yeah, well, you know what? A benevolent monarch might be the best system. I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to make that claim, but I'm not going to say that it doesn't cross my mind sometimes. But the British monarchy doesn't count for that anyway 
it doesn't really. That's just like, but, it's like their country's like, I don't know. But, paper but, dolls like, or something. Would it, but, but there's a part of me that knows, and I'm being very honest with everybody here. There's a part of me that knows I'd be lying if like I claimed that a, that there wasn't like a tiny bit of my ridicule that's based on jealousy, you know, because like we don't have a multi hundred year old tradition really, you know, like, you know, I mean like almost all of even the traditions that we do have as a nation come from like post civil war, you know, um, we're very young. We don't have, we don't have, we don't like in the, in the small n national, right. I'm not talking about like nationalism or, patriotism or white, like any of that, right? Just in terms of small and nation, right? Like we don't have a national identity like the English do, you know? And to whatever extent they have a different relationship to the queen sort of, but the Scot, the Scottish and the Welsh, you know, right? We don't have that. And sometimes I, sometimes that makes me jealous. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's not even like I can be like, well, I'm Italian and Italians have a very long tradition. You know, I am basically the Roman empire, you know, tempting, tempting to do, except, um, for the fact that like actual Italians hate Italian Americans and like reject them wholesale, you know? So I can't really claim that it wouldn't be right because it's not like I could go over there and anyone would be friend. I, I have a better chance of making a, I hate to say this. I have a better chance of making a friend in a native Londoner than I do a native Roman, unfortunately. But I acknowledge mm-hmm. this. I accept, I accept my fate. Anyways, so all that aside, all those disclaimers, you know, a little bit jealous and all this stuff. But this was a serious article. This was completely straight up detailing as news how as part of the celebrations, the queen had sat down, had had, had a sit-down with, had <laughs> had a formal sit-down with Paddington Bear. Paddington fucking bear. All right. Like I'll just, I will go out and say that whatever national tradition you have, I don't think that monarchs should deign to sit down with fictitious animals. So was it a person like in costume? Either that or it was the actual living Paddington bear. But I don't, I, I think, I think what you're suggesting is more likely. Is there like is there a Paddington bear like there was a like there was a Winnie the Pooh? I don't think so. I, mean, I guess he's a stuffed animal. I don't think I think Paddington. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not steeped in Paddington lore, but um, <laughs> I assume it was a person in a costume. I can't imagine what that conversation was like. <laughs> and this is a sorry, not sorry <laughs> moment. But my comment was. God damn, you British people are fucking weird. <laughs> and I don't think it was out of line. Mean, yes. Was it ki- like, you know, like, does it pass that test where it's like, is it necessary? Is it kind? And all that stuff. And if I sound like I'm mocking, it's because I am. It's horrible criteria for like when it's when you're when you're permitted to open your mouth. Like, what kind of cuck do you want to be? Honestly. But like, anyways. You know, this, so yeah, th- does it meet that criteria? Like, was okay. it necessary and kind? No, no, it wasn't. Was it, was I out of line though? Was I out of line? Was it undeserved? No. Weird, weird no. Is, a, is a mild adjective in this case. Okay. In this case. I'm just going to have to say, I'm going to double down on the weirdness because 
I just spoke with producer Jim and he informed mm-hmm. me it was a CGI Paddington that she pretended to have tea with that they added oh my later. God. Oh my wow. God. And I'm telling you, maybe I'll find, if, if I feel like it, I'll go find the link to the article in the guardian and I'll post it in the show notes because I'm telling you they reported on this. Like it was a serious matter. Like this wasn't like a page six, like, Oh, MG. Or like, you know, I've seen a lot of articles about, um, uh, Kate and Williams, um, little son. He's like doing this to his mom and like being like a little shit on the thing. It's a little, it's a little bit funny, you know? Yeah. But, like, I've, I've enjoyed seeing about, the pictures of him. Yeah. He's a cute, cute little, princely fuck you know like it's a it is it is sort of adorable he's like tell his mom you know like go after yourself like whatever i don't care about all this you know it's cute it's sweet but none of those articles are reported in some kind of serious tone but i'm telling you this paddington bear shit like they made it sound like npr's doing it too and this article is 100 serious national public radio america we fought a fucking war (laughs) to not be tied to these monarchs here and uh, a couple of them, actually. Right. And it was a meeting for the ages, says NPR. And 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 you want to tell me I'm out of line for making fun of the the, the great nation of England? Um, uh, <sighs> all right. So, anyways, the the consequence of this was I really wanted to I really wanted to dive in on this like ultra juicy. Um, <laughs> post on the Peterborough Facebook page, f- Facebook group, and I couldn't. And at first, I, I don't even know if I told you guys this part of the story. At first, I thought that it was like insta-banning me for the comment that I was trying to make because I used the word fascist in the comment. And I thought it was like, it picked up on the word fascist and was like, ah, you cannot post this. But no, <laughs> it popped. it gave me another pop-up that was like, we're not letting you post this about the fascist lifeguards, and we'll get to them in a second, of Peterborough, because you said this about the British, and as a punishment, <laughs> we are going to... And again, this was just right out on the open Facebook, so I don't know why they attacked my group ability, because I didn't do anything in groups, but the punishment was, I am not allowed to have any group activity for two days, and my my activity in groups will be buried for like 30 days, which I love it that they acknowledge that they do that now. Like back in the day, like shadow banning was like a deep, dirty secret that they denied was the thing. Like now we know that's not true. They fucking, they zap you and then no one can see your shit. So like, well, that's really extreme for calling the British. And of course I appealed, but like humans don't read that appeal. And, and then I come to discover that there was a third punishment that they didn't even tell me about, which was that anywhere on Facebook, not just in my groups, I was not allowed to react on people's posts. No reaction was allowed. Comments, fine. Posts, no. Like, make sense of this punishment, right? Also, before we get into the the lifeguards, it's been lifted for some reason. Now, I don't know about the shadow ban. We can't prove that yet. And in fact, when we go to share this episode, I'm probably going to have you ask, have you do it, Zoe, in the Peterborough group because I don't want it to get buried. And it might if I do it. But all of a sudden tonight, I was just sitting there being lazy, scrolling Facebook, and I made a comment on another post that we'll prob- we, might, we might touch on later. Um, and it worked. And I only realized what I had done after it had worked. I was like, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to be able to do this. What the hell? 
And so then I go and I start trying to react on people's posts. And I had just done this like a 30 minutes before and it still wasn't letting me do it. Like, nope, boom, I got my powers back. I got my powers back. A little, this is probably only ironic in like the Alanis Morissette sense. And there's probably people listening to this that are going to be like, it's not really ironic. But the ironic thing that I want to say is that the original poster, the person who posted this lifeguard post that we're about to talk about, turned off comments on me before I could even come back and, um, and jump in. This happened like early, like this morning or something. She must've just gotten tired of it or something. Um, that is sorry. just like a free ride that you just can't take. Yeah. Let's, let's pop over. Do, do either of you have that post handy? I didn't, I forgot to call it up actually. I'm going to search for it right now, but. No, but I can, you want me to start, I can start summarizing it. Please do. While you look for it. So somebody yeah, posted do. that she and her four kids were at Cunningham Pond. And it, they were the only kids there, maybe the only people there. And the lifeguards were like screaming at them all afternoon for such things as touching each other and splashing. And to the point where the kids were like saying to this mom, like, I don't think they like us. It mm -hmm. just, it was so extreme. Even the kids were like, whoa. And so she posted like, what exactly are the rules of Cunningham Pond? Because... Not touching, splashing, where is this posted? How can I prevent this from happening in the future? How can I like prepare my kids for the pond if these rules are like just made up by the lifeguards? Mm -hmm. That's yeah, I think the post is gone. I can't find it actually. Oh no. Yeah, that's a real shame. Um, but yeah, that is that is <laughs> and as, as someone on the post, I mean, she, I think originally had posted or maybe she added the post to add a picture of the rules. Um, but one of the rules as, and I didn't even pick up on this at first, uh, somebody else pointed this out to me in a Facebook message, but <laughs> one of the rules is like, listen to Peterborough rec staff, meaning the lifeguard. So like, meaning like one of the yeah. rules is that anything that the lifeguards say is a rule, which like. I can't believe I didn't notice this before because um, all of the rest of the rules are fairly reasonable. Like no splashing, like isn't a rule. And and I, and I'll be totally honest. I do fucking tell my kids not to splash because there are nuances. And when there's other people around now, granted, if you're alone at the pond, like this woman says that she was, who cares? Right. Splash away in this scenario. I do think she was in the right. Um, sure. But there's also another side of it, which is that like when there's 20 people in the water, and all that stuff, like it's public and like not everybody has signed up to be splashed just because they're in yes. the water or whatever. And I totally agree with that, but that's called parenting, not yes, a right. lifeguard's life job. Yeah. And the other, the one other thing, the one thing she commented on was, was it, it did. She said that they were putting their hands on each other and they were saying no. But I will say that like one thing I always say to my kids in the public pond is that they can't try to pull one another underneath the water. And they sure. do do that. And if the lifeguards tell them not to do that, I think they are within their rights um, because you shouldn't. That is fairly reasonable. Okay. I, I agree with that. But all that aside, most of the comments and, and my own opinion is, is on the side of the poster. And it's just actually amazing to me how the extent of the unpopularity of the lifeguards at Cunningham Ponds. Like they have lower ratings than like Biden 
or Trump <laughs> at Trump's lowest. Like they, like they have, like if someone was to take a poll, they'd be in the twenties. I swear to God, nobody likes these lifeguards. No. Um, and I, I mean, I'll just go ahead and say it and I'll, and I'll say this as a, as an expression. This is no, um, slight on police officers, but the reason that people don't like them very much is because they are perceived as basically these unnecessary pond cops, you know, and they prevent us from sneaking our alcohol. Actually, they, they, they totally don't, but uh, <laughs> like, I'll come right out and say it guys. Like if you see me drinking something with a, like a can, it's like a can in a koozie at Cunningham pond. Like it might have booze in it. And that is you know against what? the posted rules. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to always get away with that because I just do. And anyways, so they as, don't as, actually. As the this. vice chair of the rec committee, I'm just going to say that is against the posted rules. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave that one there. Yeah. I mean, right. And I won't report to your comrades on the board anything that you've ever done um, against <laughs> the rules at Cunningham Pond either. So we'll, we'll just keep that square. Um, but they, I mean, they're just, ah, like they're always, they do, they, they prevent you from bringing any floaties into the water. They prevent you from bringing like certain kinds of life jackets that are usually like someone complained about that specifically on the post that they wouldn't let their, their small child's lifeguard go in the water because it's like an unapproved brand, but their lifeguards that they, excuse me, their, um, life jackets, um, that they supply didn't fit their kid. I have been in that situation before with Manny. Yeah. Um, that did happen to him. He had a perfectly fine, not cheap life jacket that we bought for him. And they were like, yeah, it doesn't count. And then they're like crappy ones that they have were like too big. And it like, you know, discouraged him from even wanting to try. Yeah. Um, well, there were, there were more than one, there was more than one person on that post who said that they had been to Cunningham Pond and like weren't coming back because it was just such a downer. And like, that's, terrible because it's such a good pond now i think that's an extreme response because even with my you know i mean guys i don't think it's any stranger to anybody who listens to this show that like i or or who knows me that i'm not like known for being like this like super patient tolerant guy right but like even i even (laughs) i in my annoyance can tolerate it like it's i like the pond and like i said they don't they don't bother me enough you know and they, um, like, I mean, and if, like, I don't know, what are they going to say when I'm drinking something out of a koozie? I'm just going to tell them that it's soda and I'm going to look them straight in the face and say, but here's what I really wanted to comment on the post, because this is, this is one of my goals for this year. If it even happens, because there's good news about the lifeguards, by the way, which is kind of the punchline of the whole thing. We'll get to that in a second. But, uh, one of my goals for this year is to just like, like rudely like throw some money at them like you know like if they asked about my koozie or my flotation device or whatever just be like all right listen we all have we all we all have jobs to do here right how about i give you 20 bucks to fuck off you know like and we call it even like you just leave me alone for the rest of the day i'm open we can negotiate we can if you want to haggle me you know but everybody's got a price and I think that's a fair exchange. 
you know, I'm very peaceful at the pond. I'm never disruptive to any, like I just said, I keep my kids in line, you know, um, nothing, nothing bad, but I want to enjoy myself on my terms and I don't really want to be subject to any rules. And frankly, I don't even want them to lock the gate at the end of the day. Like if I want to swim at fucking eight o'clock in the middle of the summertime, I want to swim at eight o'clock in the middle of summertime. And we should all be allowed to do that. Like I don't need I don't mind that they want to go home. No, nobody minds. And that's the thing is we've also, there's been a lot of, I think we've even talked about it on the pod because it almost happened earlier at a, at a rec committee meeting um, where it was raised as a possibility that we would simply not have the lifeguards. And this is a popular notion. Now, granted, it's not that we don't want to be safe, but there's always a lot of people there. It's relatively safe. People usually watch their own kids and the kids who can't swim have a, have a really adequate area that's shallow that they stay in. Not go ahead. You finish, no, finish your ahead. thought there. No, I was just going to say, I mean, I can't guarantee that nothing bad is ever going to happen, but like the, 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 I'll just say that the general consensus seems to be in terms of risk tolerance among the users of the pond is that people are comfortable with the level of risk associated with that pond not being staffed with lifeguards. Right. And three more things. Mm-hmm. It says in the brochure, like, and on the signs or whatever, that you're responsible for your own kids anyway. So you're already responsible for your own kids anyway, liability-wise. Two, none of the other ponds have lifeguards that I can think of. It's true. So, like, that's they that's why to. it's... They, most of them used to, but they've all done away with them over the years. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think years ago, like, even, like, um, like the Jaffrey one, which we can't go to anymore. Um, well, no, actually, you can. I take that back, because there's... I'm thinking... I'm conflating two things. Um, Thorndike Pond, we can't go to anymore. Right. Um, but I do think Thorndike used to have lifeguards. I think that the Jaffrey Town Pond, which we can go to if we park really far away, I guess. Um mm non-residents can go there that according to kelly and i I get this from kelly who grew up going to these ponds but um she said that they used to be staffed um with lifeguards but it's just sort of a thing that's gone away over time i think francistown might still have lifeguards but all the other ponds that i would go to that i did go to during the year of cunningham pond reservations which was not emmy boycotting yeah when yeah. I was boycotting or like not get, you know, using up my twice weekly rations and still wanting to go to the pond again. None of the other ponds that were nearby that we went to had lifeguards. And so we got a taste of it. And then the next year we had no lifeguards at Cunningham Pond, right? Like we got, or at least for a while, didn't, wasn't there a beautiful time when we didn't have lifeguards? No, they just did away with the reservations. They had lifeguards all year last year. Maybe not during the week. Oh, maybe not. Maybe not. I I just seem to remember some wonderful pond days with no lifeguards. Maybe and then right. when the lifeguards came back, we were all bummed. But it could have been mm-hmm. just like a homeschool no, gang right. during the week situation. No, you like could be before right. school got out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That could have been too. It could have been because um, I want to say we had kind of a warmish uh, May and early June last year. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. So maybe that's what I'm remembering. But some of us got a taste of the pond without lifeguards and we just really enjoyed parenting our own kids without like, I went to the pond with all of you homeschool moms like several times before school went out. 
for the year. That's how warm it was. Like it was, it, it was warmer than it is this year, last year, because yeah. there were all these beach days that everybody yeah. was out. Everybody was at the pond. So that's probably what you're thinking of actually. Yeah. Is, um, and it was now. glorious. Mm-hmm. It was glorious. Yep. It was glorious, but it, uh, tell everybody the good news if they don't know already. Well, it's not 100% set in stone official. And hopefully I don't get in hopefully trouble for saying anything, but I suspect I have good reason to believe that they have not been as successful in hiring lifeguards as they wanted to. And so the lifeguards may all go over to the pool when the pool opens and Cunningham Pond may not have enough lifeguards to keep it staffed at all. Yeah. Um, in a couple weeks. And that's, I think people are going to be really pleased with that. And I think that, I think that there's probably people in the rec department, both on the committee and on the staff who don't quite realize how strongly the feeling is on this yet. But I think that if we have the summer basically without lifeguards at Cunningham Pond, um, they'll see. I, th- I think that people. I think that people will respond to this. And you know what? Yeah, lifeguard it the fuck up at the at the pool. Pools should have lifeguards. They're concrete. You know what I mean? Like, and granted, like yes, there should also be parents around and all of that there. But like, I don't know. Like, I feel like the the possibility for injury and for things like that is greater at a pool than it is at Cunningham Pond. Um, overregulate the pool if you have to. I don't go to the pool, um, so. I know that's selfish of me to not care, but I don't care to take your fascism to the pool. And I know I'm being extreme in calling it fascism. It's very mean and, and some might call it crass, um, but it is things like this. Um, shout out Christopher Maidman, Will Coley. You know, this is, it's things like this where my libertarian side does come out because I'm like, you know what? Like, And not to get all entitled and everything, but like we're the target demographic of the pond. Like we're the young families with kids and we don't need to be regulated like this. We don't need the nanny state of Peterborough to tell us what floats can go in the water. You know? Yeah. No, you know what? Don't you? Okay. Wait, 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 wait. I do this. The, so the float thing triggered me. Um, because we had some plans <laughs> to illegally put the um, the the floating dock in the oh, water last yes. year. That's what it was. Remember, they refused to put the dock out until the lifeguards came at like the end right. of school. So there was yes. no dock for a while. Right. Uh, and they, we definitely they, had plans to sneak in there and do some scuba diving and hook it up at the bottom of the pond. Yeah. And like, if anybody ever does something like that, fine. Let us be the prime suspects. Come and in, interrogate us, but we will not break, and nobody will prove shit. Prove it. We will always have reasonable doubt on our side. Don't forget that. But anyways, so it wasn't quite a utopia. I remember that. I mean, I don't care because I don't give a shit about the dock either. That's another one of those things that yeah. I don't really do. But a lot of people felt very passionately about that dock. So like, there was happiness that there were no lifeguards. But unhappiness, they refused to open the bathrooms too. They're they're like, well, there's no lifeguards, you can't take a shit. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like, and I don't, I don't get, I don't, I hate that. I hate that. Like, and the argument is always going to be about staffing and like, 
you know, some roughnecks are going to vandalize the bathroom. And maybe so, maybe so. But to me, the risk of the vandalism and and the potential consequences of that, which it's like, we're going to send a town worker to go fix it. Um, is the stakes are low here and people ought to be able to use the bathroom. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I think it's more important to have the potential bathroom access for people from a public good perspective than it is to like risk someone clogging the toilet. Yeah. Fortunately this year though, they don't seem to be locking the bathrooms and they don't seem to be like getting rid of the dock. So, um, we, we may have a good year at we have an extra good year at Cunningham Pond. Looking forward to I'm it. Sorry I wasn't able to join it. They turned comments off and then deleted the post um, before. And I don't mean to say they, I'm not blaming the admins. Like the author of the post turned off comments on her own post. And I'm not sure who deleted it, but it is, I can't find it anymore. Um, so, so it's too bad that my punishment got lifted too late for me to weigh in. Uh, but I think people covered it. I do, I do think I do think it was adequate. Um, so um, props for that. Now, do we want to talk about um, today's Monday afternoon date in Putnam Park? Was it was it an afternoon date or morning date? It's a little hard to t- so. This is time stamped at like what time? Doesn't it's not giving oh yeah, 1 p.m. It was 1 p.m. that it was posted. So this happened presumably before then because there's a photo. It's a great photo of a sandwich in a little takeout container with chips and a bowl of something. And so and this is in Putnam Park, very, you know, my favorite park in Peterborough. I think it's the chief park of Peterborough in my mind. Um, there's there's other good spots, but I think that it's the it's the spiritual center of the town, um, and it's so. In terms of my reaction to this, it's almost two different posts. There's two sentences in this post, both of which ending in an exclamation mark, and they both make me think totally different things. So, highly suggest lunch takeout from Beepa and Lulu's restaurant and Vital Provisions, and going to our local park. Perfect local date day. All right. So let's unpack this a little bit. Um, In terms of going to the park with local takeout, great idea. I also support this. Very good. Putnam Park's a great place. More people should be eating lunch in Putnam Park. Um, If Peterborough were more like the Richard scary books and that portrayal of society, there would be people eating lunch on the benches in that park in harmony every day. Uh, so I support, I support this. We should, I've given up on social progress, but like maybe we can aim for something like we see in those picture books. I don't know. Um, people people really like, like Scandinavian stuff here, right? Like the Scandinavian Mm. way of life. That that is the most memorable thing from my trip to oh, Denmark is like lunch in the park. picnics galore every single day. 
picnics yeah. in the park. Everyone would do it. So I'm, I'm into that too. I like that. I think that's cool. If there was a, if there was a movement afoot to do this, even though I work from home, like I would drive down to the park and have some food sometime. Uh, totally down, totally down. But perfect local date day. Now, my brain goes in a couple of different directions on this. The my and it's it's like a sequential thing too. I'm like I think this, then I think this, then I think this, like all like bam, bam, bam. Right first, one p.m. on a Monday. One a date. She used the word date. A date. A lunch date in the park at one p.m. on Monday, and I just. I mean, I say this with all due respect, but how sure are you that that was a date? You know, like, I mean, like that, like, uh, you know, this is a, a, a term that some people don't like, but it, it still refers to a real thing. But like, are you sure you aren't in the friend zone 1 p.m. on a Monday? I, having a date? I think she is, though, because it's her husband. She says in the comments. <clears throat> She's a waitress too at the first restaurant. So. Don't don't spoil my <laughs> illusions. My the Hallmark movie I'm writing in my head. Um, I mean, it's it's generally a fine question to ask oneself, but I think she. Yeah. I don't is even know. Here. I, I mean, I don't even. I mean. <laughs> I won't say what I was just thinking, but the anyways, the second the second thing that I think. <laughs> Is that um, <laughs> let's let's forget that we don't that we know that it's she's married, right? Um, and and just say also though I shouldn't be critical about a Monday afternoon date because if I'm wrong about the friend zone and it's not a spouse because that's boring. Mad props because we're always saying that there's no place for the hot singles to go. There's no dog park. There's no nothing. So if you really are a hot single having an actual date and I'm being an asshole and uh, you're not in the friend zone and you're on a date and you're eating sandwiches and local soup with no gluten or dairy <laughs> in the park. Good for you. I, sh I shouldn't say anything. It, good it's another good reason to like to make picnicking in the park a movement until we get it off. Or the hot singles. Yeah. Or the hot singles. Absolutely. Until we until we repair the skate park and make it good for all ages, mm -hmm. as some yeah. among us seek to do. Yeah. Not among us, but some among us. Um <laughs> kidding. Um and get that completely unnecessary except for dating purposes dog park going this is a good this is a good hope but a little bit of love advice a little bit of love advice you know again from somebody who's been out of the dating scene for many years i thank god don't really i've never really had to understand like dating app culture and the associated nuances but i still think that my advice from the the distant past translates in saying like i don't know i don't 
I feel like if you have soup on a date, you are setting yourself up for failure down the line. Like you're setting yourself up for like a sexless marriage if it works out. Like best case scenario, like you're got you guys are going to be like frigid um, and roommates if you eat soup on a date. If that's like a any date thing or or first date. Yeah, you got to be together for a long time before you can go out for soup together. <laughs> Long time, like six. I mean, not not a long time, but I mean, like six months. Like you can't be casually dating still and getting and going out for soup like that. That just means like you're casually dating and like soon to not be casually dating. Like that's you know what I mean. Like you know you you're that means like you're like if you if you start casually dating someone and you get into the soup before things actually become exclusive, like you um. Yeah, that's it. You're <laughs> you're you're barely hanging on as like friends with benefits at this point. Like you're you know what I mean? You're about to be gently let go. You know what I mean? Like they're doing their exit strategy on you. Whether they know it or not. And they might be subconscious. They might be like, "Oh, let's go out for some nice comforting soup." But you know, like they realize that they think of you as a brother. Um <laughs> on as you're eating stew together and they're like, "This is a yeah. All right. So, I don't know. What do you guys say? <laughs> what do you guys think about this, the soup? Does it, and, does and, it, and, I, and again, in real life, they're married, and I don't mean to imply that they're sexless. I don't know them. I don't, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I forgot there, this was not hypothetical. I forgot yes, that there was like an actual is couple. Is an, is actual, yeah, this is an actual date <laughs> that happened today. Today, real, you know, almost in real time. Does it does it change anything if it's like a smoothie bowl? I think it changes a lot if it's a smoothie bowl. Smoothie bowl is not sexless. Wait, are you saying it's not soup? Not unless it's cold, icy, acai fucking soup. No, it's not soup. It's it's oh. frozen fruit puree over granola and shit. All right, look. All right, fine. Not as trendy. I just zoomed in. I just I, I have the as you can get for a lunch date. Yeah, no, I guess you're right. I don't know what kind of um I don't know what kind of soup comes with like strawberry slices, coconut shavings, and some kind of like cookie dough or something. I don't know what the fuck that is. I, I dessert gazpacho. <laughs> All right, that is different than soup. That that is less um it's less comforting. Is it just the comfort factor of soup? Because the only difference between the smoothie bowl and soup is the temperature, really. I mean, like, I guess it depends. It depends on the... There's certain exceptions, I think. Like, if you're eating, like, I think, uh, um, like a Spanish, a Spanish gazpacho... You know, some kind of like real like Mediterranean ass shit. Um, you might be able to infuse that with a little sensuality, right? <laughs> um, oh yeah. <laughs> if you're eating it out of bread, if you're eating it out of sourdough, forget it. Forget <laughs> it. I mean, I'm pretty convinced that sourdough causes impotence. Um, I really think that. Um, I think it. I think it actually. 
decrease. I think just something about it. I just get this vibe from it that it's going to decrease my testosterone. Like it's going to, it increases estrogen production. It's probably a great thing to, to just slam down some sourdough when you're having menopause. Like, um, but like, it's not for me and, uh, it's not for your dates either. It's not what you want. You want passion. You want passion, not comfort when you're dating. Um, comfort is for when it's time to settle. You know what I mean? And, and, and that happens, um, sometimes, but stave that off. Don't let it be your date in the park, you know? And if you come down the road and, you know, like, like many people do, and you're just like, I don't think I can do any better than this. So let's just, you know, make that, um, thing. And I don't recommend that. I, I did that once and I, it's why I've been married twice, but, um, (laughs) so it's not, it's not a great idea, but people do it. It's a thing. And, and I'm not going to judge you for it too much. Uh, but make that decision down the line. Don't just head straight for it. You know, don't, don't welcome it with open arms, but smooth in, in a smoothie. Okay. That's, that could be okay. Like, are you hot yoga people? You know what I mean? Like, are you hot yoga people? Like our second date should be like a plane ride to Utah to like hike in one of those crazy national parks. Like I know people, I I'm not even like, I know actual people like this. And if you are that kind of person, smoothies are fine. Smoothies are good. If not questionable, it's questionable. I think it's questionable. Anyways. I just want everybody to find passionate love. That's all. You know, I, I want to help you guys. I don't, you know, it's a hard, it's hard out there. It's tough out there. The person who made this post is fine. She's already married. She's already settled. Just kidding. I don't, <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, so there's a lot of morals to get out of this story. I hope that you've taken some good advice from it, but like in any case, maybe we should, try to spur on like a lunch in the park movement. I like, I like that. Even if it is soup. Picnic baskets, Peterborough basket company, go get your fucking baskets before they're gone. Before it's too late. Quickly. And take the shit out of it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And yes, as a concession to everybody, if we can launch this movement, I will not judge anybody's testosterone reducing choices. Um, (laughs) For, for your lunch. Um, I won't. Uh, it's a deal. All right. Um, but speaking of boosting all the good hormones and the good mentalities and um, the good ways of um, viewing and aligning ourselves with and to the world, Zoe, since you edited it, I'll let you make the official announcement. But what what have we done on the Monadnock Underground side oh, yeah. today? This is actually a really huge day for, for us. We're really proud and grateful of this. Yeah, today we opened pre-orders for our first book project of the year, Sarah Aborn's um, up-level self-healing workbook. I'm gonna open <laughs> gonna I'm gonna open the uh, product page for it so I make sure that I say everything right. Yeah, we gotta um, keep our we gotta keep our marketing talking points solid here. I I don't want to like I don't want to miss something 
really important. Um, but it's no without having to look at the talking points, it's a beautiful, like more than a hundred pages, full color workbook that Sarah has like poured hours and you know, of her life into designing this whole thing. And it walks you through five elements, uh, earth, air, fire, water, and then not in that order, but then, then space is the final element. And as it like walks you through these different elements, it's full of like suggestions for practices that you can do meditations, breathing, and also like a workbook space for you to like write, write down all the stuff that she asks you to like go through on this journey. Um, and then by the time it gets to space, it's like very spiritual, you know, it's, it's moved away from like the more physical earth module, like all the way up to like, it's like a spiritual journey. In this well really nice organic journey. way. Yeah. Was that? In this really nice organic way. Yeah. Like as, as you go through it, you know, it's, yeah, it's, agreed. it really is super cool. And, and it uh, comes with um, links to like more than four hours of video that we're exclusive video. Yeah, this is only this is only available to people who buy this. You know, so it's like it's it's course it's true coursework beyond just a, a an actual workbook. Like this is a a thing that you can revisit again and again with Sarah on the screen talking to you. Yeah, like explaining how to do some of the procedures, like the EFT tapping. That's like to reduce anxiety and, and like work through difficult emotions and stuff. She, she tells you how to do it in the workbook, but then she also like walks you through it step by step. So you can like, she really wants you to do this, you know? Um, and it did grow out of a course that she used to offer online, but then yeah. she wanted to put it into workbook format so it could reach more people. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Sarah, she is the founder of um, right in, in Peterborough Center, um, Shakti Healing Arts uh, Studio, at which um, it, her and her other partners offer a wide variety of, of healing practices and, and meditative exercises and classes and courses. And it's, uh, I, I, I'll apologize on the air because usually when I go there, I forget to take my shoes off. I'm really bad at that. Um, but uh, I will say, as someone who's visited several times, it has such a palpable aura in there, um, such a a palpable, visceral vibe of of like peace and sanctuary. I, I just truly applaud what she's been able to cultivate over there. And I think a lot of people lo locally are familiar with that in one way or another, um, whether it's through massage or like courses or, or things like that um, that that go through that space. And you know, I, I've, I've been, I've been saying, I've been using the phrase life's work and I don't want to imply through that, 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 uh, this is, this is it for Sarah because Sarah's quite young. And I think that she's got, um, several more, um, very, very personal and very deep and very meaningful works to put out in the world. But it's, it's a life's work in the sense that everything that she has been through on her own journey and offered to the public and, and techniques that she's learned, like all of these tendrils that have woven together through her life to date are all poured into this one workbook. It, it, mm -hmm. and, and that's really what just makes it magnificent. Yeah. Um, so like she, she learned stoked. this stuff through experience and you can tell yeah. when you read it. Yeah. And, and, and like me, 
uh, and like a lot of people, I think, um, you know, she, she, she tells you the stories and, um, you know, some of her experience, a lot of her experience is learning things the hard way. And, um, and I, like I said, I, I personally appreciate that because that's how I've learned all of the things that I've learned pretty much. Um, <laughs> and so I, I love it that, um, what you see here is, uh, not just Sarah's journey, but the ability of anybody, I think. Um, even people who have gone through a lot of, a lot of difficult stuff, you know, even sometimes like of, of their own learning the hard way type of experiences, you can eventually, all all of those things can come together into something magical eventually. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really powerful and, and important lesson to impart to the world. And, um, yeah, so super cool. So, uh, you know, this episode will be out in a couple of days. The pre-sale will be going on for almost two weeks from the time that you hear this. It's going to go on at least. And, and I say that because you get a 20% discount if you order during the pre-sale. And that's going to run through the summer solstice. Um, so you've got about a week and a half to jump on this at the lower price. And after that, it goes up. And, um, you know, this is not cheap because this is not a cheap product. You know, this is this is a, a work of, of deep, soulful craftsmanship. And like I said, it's a, it's not a one-time thing either. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a course of wisdom and practice that you now have with you forever. And, um, and it's way cheaper than, um, any course that you could actually take as a one-time, you know? So it's, it's really, as, as, as some healers like to say, it is a very, uh, very, very fair and beneficial energy exchange, um, when it comes to the, the price of this book and what it is. And, um, so jump on it. The link is in the show notes. We are super excited. We're very grateful. She came to us with her project and which, you know, Zoe did a phenomenal job guiding through the editing and formatting process. But when it comes to the core of, of the, both the content and the designs, this is all Sarah, this is all coming out of her. And it's, uh, it's really something special. We are really glad to be a part of it and, um, and to help, you know, bring it out there. Um, so super stoked about that. And Sarah's going to come on she doesn't, she might not know it yet, but she she's, will be she on sort maybe. She knows it. She's working herself up to it, but we'll have she's her. I'm hoping it happens next week. That's, that's my so little too. goal. So you guys have something to look forward to. Anybody listening to this program who knows Sarah and who would love to see her on the program and wants to give her some direct encouragement, um, I certainly, in a gentle way, um, I certainly encourage that. Feel free. Pop on. Um, after that, we've got just a few minutes left and I do want to make sure that we can touch upon our misconnections. We, we had another local real life Peterborough group misconnection and it, it tells a story. It's, it's, it's actually really nice. I don't, I would say this is impromptu. Like there's just, there's too many separate characters for us to act this out. Otherwise it might be a good one, but Mm -hmm. I don't think it, I don't think it works. But in any case, I'll just read off the actual initial post and we can kind of, we kind of comment on what became of this. But 
ISO, in search of Debbie from Peterborough. Please contact me if you see this, dot, dot. Now, we've got one laugh react to the post. I don't... <laughs> it's like a little bit more cruel than I even am. You know what I mean? Like, ah, <laughs> you're looking for somebody. Fuck you. You know, like, <laughs> maybe a little unnecessarily mean to laugh react to this post. Like, um, like, yeah, it's a little bit of a funny post. But like, I mean, come on. Like, let's, let's, not, let's not be awful. But, you know, first post, very helpful. First comment is, you know, my mom's name is Debbie and she's from Peterborough originally, but she doesn't live here now. And that, that was not the right Debbie. After <laughs> that, all. Yeah, actually, I, I don't think I read that one all the way through before. And so I thought that that was help, helpful, but chances are this woman who a couple of days ago was looking for Debbie from Peterborough is not talking about your mom who like moved away years ago you know like <laughs> I, I don't know i mean I, without context you never know maybe. all right, maybe. Did, all right. now, now be, i'm being mean sorry Debbie Lindsay. from peterborough we were hung out in high school you know who knows yeah all right fair 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 okay and i have it is hard to find women on facebook sometimes because their names change yeah well as so <laughs> as one commenter also said I'm sure there are lots of Debbies in Peterborough. <laughs> and, you know, nice Kurt response. Um, the, the, you know, the author wrote back, he's like, yeah, I'm sure, but I'm looking, the one that I'm looking for will know when she sees the post. I lost her number. This is my only way, you know? And then somebody was like, what about Deb Crumey Roy? She lives in Peterborough. No one ever answered that. Mm. A guy named Travis posted the Spider-Man gif where like one Spider-Man's pointing at the other Spider-Man. And like a lot of people thought this was funny. I don't think it's what the hell does that mean? Was the original <laughs> poster's name Debbie? No, her name is Lynn. Oh yeah. Then that's not <laughs> funny at all. <laughs> it's not very funny. <laughs> Who laughed at this? Do I know any of them? I don't. Good. It's not not funny. Doesn't make sense. This other guy says looking for a date. <laughs> so, all right, good. Helping the hot singles. But but like our other poster, Lynn LeClaire responds, no, I'm married. Um, but then finally, yesterday, we have a woman named Deb Budney who pops in and says, I'm Debbie from Peterborough? Question mark. And it turns out we've got a happy ending here, guys. Yes. Very enthusiastically, Lynn responds, Yes! It worked, Debbie. Not sure if you remember me. I'm going to private message you. So happy I found you. So, I mean, you know, nice, nice. That's a nice happy. And we didn't even need to step in. I I like that. I I like it when we didn't even need to help. And I, you know, we don't need to be indispensable. You know, Um, we want to help where we can. But if people can solve these problems just on their own in the group, that's, that's what we want. So. Happy ending. Lynn found Debbie. Very good. Do we, before we run out of time, do we potentially have any missed connections on the page locally or some or semi-locally? I'm not seeing a ton that are local, but there's so many grocery store ones that I feel like we need to dip in here. We've been covering the grocery stores and I yeah. think um, we should continue that. I agree. 
So I will read, let's see, Hampstead Hannaford's Sunday morning, 930. This was just posted yesterday. So he didn't, or he or she did not waste much time getting this onto Craigslist. We made eye contact in the frozen aisle. Then again, as I was at the express checkout, I was hoping we'd get in line together. You're a beautiful man. If you prefer older men, I'm 52, and you happen to catch this posting, I would like to hear from you. Oh, nice. Nice. I Actually, it's a good segue. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is from a little bit far away. This is from Greenfield, Massachusetts, not New Hampshire. But I just want to bring it up now because I happened to click on it as you were saying that, and we've, we've got a, a common thread here. Don't think it's the same person, but common thread nonetheless. This is called Stop and Shop Skirt. I was walking in at the same time as you. I looked away because I'm a bit older than you, but I can't get that skirt out of my head. Wow. Wonder, that one was yeah. like a poem. A little bit. That's close. <clears throat> this, is, um, this is almost... Like what? What are what were we shopping for? Kind of guy. It's similar, you know. <laughs> yeah, lady in nice. green at the Nashua Y Memorial Day, Nashua, New Hampshire. Hello <laughs> to the lady in green yoga pants who was at the Y Memorial Day. I opened the door for you and regret not talking to you more. I'd like to reconnect. What was I wearing? <laughs> <laughs> See, there's like, there's like, there's like the two questions. There's like the describe to me something about our interaction. So I know you're not a faker. And then right. there's the philosophical, like what were we what even is, what working out for even doing? Yeah. What is, <laughs> what is any of this all about? Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's one of those like obnoxious overwrought, like, I am a person who doesn't do small talk. Don't talk to me about the weather. I want to talk about the origins of humanity from outer space. You know, and it's like, <laughs> if you don't understand how there's different things appropriate for like different people in different times, like you are a completely neurotic person, not like somehow deep because you don't like small talk, you know, but that is how I feel about these people who post that. Like, what are we even laughing about? You know, <laughs> It's like let's skip out. Let's skip over the superficial stuff because I'm in. I'm into the deep shit, man. You know, like I want to really dive into this. Is there a God? <laughs> and why is there suffering? <laughs> if, why is there suffering? Respond to this email. <laughs> Respond to this posting if you're interested. Is there a God? You need to be interested in talking about this and tell me what I was wearing that day. <laughs> <laughs> so I know it's you. <laughs> I will not accept any imposters. I will not. I only talk about the deep shit with like that one person I ran into. <laughs> at the store. One person I'm really... I made that eye contact with at the grocery store that time. <laughs> Everyone else seems like a weather person and you're not worth <laughs> you're not worth the effort okay okay so here, one one more for, from a grocery store person this is hannaford i don't know how to pronounce this town a sippy ossipy okay yeah hannaford and ossipy 5 30 ish we were in the checkout line you male 
said, my house looks like fun. I said, yours looked healthy. What were some of the items I was getting? Like to chat some more. Wow. So that person who, who, I don't know. That sounds like, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to be all gender roles or whatever. Forgive me, but we've, we've delved into this before. That one could be a woman. It could be. No, you don't think so? Mm-mm. What were some of the items I was put? That doesn't seem normal for any gender, actually, because <laughs> you're assuming that this, even if this person was checking you out, you're assuming that this person was also making like value judgments about your like life based on what's well, going into your basket. They were, though, because that was what their connection was. Oh, I missed that. Sorry. You male um, said my house looks like fun. I said yours looked healthy. I think that's got to be oh, based on. Okay. I didn't understand the context of that. I was just like, man, that's a weird fucking conversation to have. You know, like I, yeah, your house looks like, you know, it sounds like real be based on the cart you know, context. I get, you're right. No, you're right. You're but see, right. that's you're why right. I also yeah. think it's two men. Gotcha. I, mm, yeah. Okay. No, I'm with you now. I'm with you now. Yeah. All right. Okay. I take it back. I, re- I rescind that. Um, let me just throw out one more grocery store one and then, and then we can um, call it a wrap for our assistance. And this is in Bedford, New Hampshire. And I will say though, they, this opens with saw you at the grocery store. I used to work in Bedford and there's several, okay. There's multiple <laughs> grocery stores. So not super specific, but anyways, saw you at the grocery store and we smiled at each other. Could time my and your exits. So I could maybe strike a conversation but did see you drive off in your SUV, dot, 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 Alaska plates. Let's chat. Um, and I assume he means couldn't time mine your yeah. exit. So he, he wanted to catch up with her at the, and I, now I am being gender specific here because this is definitely a guy talking about a girl. Um, <laughs> couldn't, t- and it was also, <laughs> also to be clear, uh, the title of this is Alaska girl. So it's not, it uh. sounds like a guy, and he's not talking about another man because he says Alaska girl. Um, let's hope Alaska girl is a, a viewer of this program. Um, all right. So and let's and let's hope that the the people of the region, whether they've written about their desires on Craigslist or not, and it's certainly not a requirement. Let's hope that they all find love. Um, on a more serious and somber note, before we close out the program, uh, we did just want to take a moment and mention the passing of our good friend and and backer and supporter and colleague, Bill Chatfield, um, who, who left this world in between the recording of our last episode and, and tonight. And... Um, You know, he he's for those of you who don't know, he was a, he was he's the former, you know, he's he called himself the postal poet. He was the former postmaster of Peterborough for many years and um more recently the founder of the Peterborough Poetry Project. Um and and as Manadnock Underground and and as we founded ourselves and and explicitly while we we're not anti-poetry, you know, did not emphasize poetry in our, in our, 
requests for submissions and what we have ultimately published over the years. W- one of the reasons that we always felt so solid in that is because we had alongside us and separate from us, the Peterborough Poetry Project, which was dedicated just to that. And he had such a passion for it. I mean, he formed that organization, you know, far from a vanity project with a board of directors, you know, with other poets. And together, they judged every collection and every submission that they ever got. And I mean, I I remember one time, and I couldn't repeat it for you, but he explained to me, like, the actual process of, of accepting a poem and vetting it and the, the internal debate, it's, it's more rigorous. I probably shouldn't say this, but it's much more rigorous than anything we've ever done. Really, uh, frankly, um, they, they, he took it seriously and he set the tone and I loved that about him. You know, he wrote for both Monadnock underground and, um, go Monadnock, or at least had plans to do so if, if he, he may not have written for Goman Adnock, but, um, was always a supporter, you know, showed up at our open mics, um, always had, uh, other ideas for other projects. We, um, there was one book that we, we really kind of, he was in a couple of our collections, but, um, there was a, a Bob Dylan themed book that was the brainchild of Dan Sesney, but B- Bill took on the reins of actually turning it into a published chat book, chap book. Um, and, uh, we both, Zoe and I both wrote for that and he lived at the other end. I, I don't, he was a great guy. He was a friend. Um, he was a, a partner. He was as passionate as we are about writing and culture. I say a lot of things and shoot my mouth off all the time. And he was never afraid to give it back to me. Never afraid to say, are you sure you should be saying that? I loved the guy and, um, and, and he has died as, as we all must someday. And we'll say more about it. We will read more of his poems down the line. If we get this episode out on Thursday, we'll be having an open mic tonight. Um, the, the evening of, of Thursday, the, what is that? The ninth Thursday, the ninth. Um, and, and, one of us, whoever feels most able to keep it together, probably will will read a couple of his poems. You know, um, we have more plans down the line for honoring him and his memory, but we had to just do this little ramble right now, just to say that um, our hearts go out to his 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 family. He had a very close family, and and we are you know we're truly with you. Um, and we're, we're, we're with you in grief as well, because we are sad. Um, he, he is a, it's a very felt loss. Um, so if you, if you don't know Bill, um, his, he, he has a a couple of his, I'm, I'm not really sure at this stage in the game, if there's an easy way for one to get fresh copies of, of his books. Toadstool Um, probably. Toadstool, um, but the library has a couple available. Um, they made a really sweet post as well, um, commemorating his passing. But uh, just a really good guy. And I, I just want to say that I hope that whatever we do going forward um, culturally in this area, whether it's through Monadnock Underground or through this program or, or go Monadnock broadly, I hope it's something that he could look down and, and approve of that, that we've done as as a fellow person who cared about these things.
Um, I hope, I hope, may we do that. Um, so shout out to Bill, wherever you are on the next plane, we love you, miss you. Um, very sad to see you go. Um, but I, I do feel pretty confident in saying with admiration that he was the sort of person who lived well. He had 75 years and I, I, I think he really did well with them. And I hope that I can do the same. That's the best advice that I can give anybody. So that's our program for today. Uh, do have to give a shout out to our good, our good living buddy, Chad Patterson, who is our sound Lord and producer who is um, not only getting better at his craft and making our episodes sound better than ever, but is, is just giving us these delightful files that make it really easy for me, even with my computer that isn't really up for it to add fully produced audio with music to our video, um, our, our video version of these episodes. And that's important because, um, you know, we don't talk a lot about what we know about our audience, but one thing that we do know is it's about 50, 50, the people that listen to this on a podcast app and the people that watch this via video. So it was important to us. Um, we didn't have a way Chad brought it to us. This is why he's a saint, right? Um, uh, brought us this opportunity to take care of our video watchers. So that all credit for that goes to him. He has a sound production business, studio117.net, not.com, uh, where any, whether it's live, recorded, production, anything that you can think of in terms of sound needs, he's got the equipment and the acumen to handle them. And he's a really pleasant fellow to work with. So check him out. He also has the wonderful band. He is... Uh, embracing Hot Dad Summer to the max and so his his cover band we've been saying they've got Dad Rock and they've got Yacht Rock and they've got all kinds it's called Down by 10 available for any function that you can think of but he is now basically branding his posts about the band as Hot Dad Rock Summer and we are here for it so that's in the show notes as well but seriously when I'm talking about making use of your years because you know there's only so many of them and we will all follow in that direction. So remember that. That's good advice. Until we meet again in the Space Lounge, continue to take it. Okay? Thank you very much. We'll see you again next time. Take care. Bye.